Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Jeff is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Jeff. I'm sure for most of us, there are moments when we begin in our brains to get the sneaking suspicion that our homes are not what we thought they were, that they are a house of cards. That, that we begin to wonder, is the foundation of our home really as strong as we thought it was? Is, is this household strong? And, and it's beginning to look like maybe it's a little bit of an illusion. And when we reach that moment, when we're wondering that, it can be painful. Some of us have experienced this as an adult, and surprisingly, some of us maybe have experienced it after 25 or 30 or 35 years of of marriage, and all of a sudden, it, it feels like it's all drifting away from us and falling apart, and we're thinking, how could we have gotten this far and have it seem so good for most of this time, and now we can't hold it together? Some of us, it happens so blurringly fast. We're caught totally off guard. We're, we're married six months or a year, or we're into the, the phase of having children for just a short time, and, and we begin to doubt and wonder, What was I thinking when I made this decision? And and the rapid pace at which this house of cards begins to implode after maybe only a year or two blows our mind. We can't fathom that it could all be over this quickly. And of course, there's all in between. Some of it happens, we, we, we get to watch it from the perspective of an adult. For me, it was watching it from the perspective of a 12 year old child. I watched my own family. And here's the thing, something so important that we understand, our core beliefs in life are frequently structured structured around our core relationships in life. Can I I just repeat that? Because I think that's really important for everyone here to understand and take home with them today. Your worldview, your core beliefs in life are very most likely structured around the core relationships you have in life. Your relationship with your mom and dad, in some cases with grandparents, brothers, sisters, spouse, children. Those core relationships form the beliefs that we have about our life. 12 years old, when I began to see that my family was a house of cards, it shook my world. And if you've been married only a year or two and your marriage is dissolving, it's going to shake your world. If you've been married 30 or 35 years and your marriage is imploding, it's going to shake your world, your spouse's world, your children's world, and a lot of people's worlds. How could that happen, people are going to ask. And that's why we came to this series it's, it's truly something that's at, at the core of our being as a church. You just heard Andy mention about the prayer requests. And we frequently get prayer requests. 
to pray for families. Families that we can tell are in the midst of struggles, sometimes really big, tough struggles. And so as, as we began to look at this, we said, we need to step up and do something to help the families of our church. And in case you're one of those that are saying to yourself, right now my family is not struggling, I want you to know this. All of our relationships are on a pendulum, every one of them. And yes, you may be sitting here today going, thank you, Jesus. My marriage is solid and intact, and it seems like it's built on a, a very solid foundation. I can't imagine this family breaking up. My, my, my parenting relationship with my children, my, my relationship with my parents, it all just feels so good right now. I want you to know, all relationships are on a pendulum. And as someone who's, who's counseled many, many marriages, as someone who's been married for over 30 years, I'm going to tell you, it flows back and forth. And as solid and firm as you feel that your core relationships are today, there will come a time when the pendulum swings to the other way and you're feeling things are very, very, very shaky, like a mist. And you need to be prepared for that and do whatever you can to obviously avoid it. If you are here today with the pendulum over here and you're feeling things are just a breath, a, a, a little wisp of a breeze from completely collapsing because you have built a complete house of cards, I'm glad you're here. We, we want you to hear about a Savior who loves you and loves your family, who, who forgives the sins that, that, that bring about that house of cards situation and who wants to grace you, walk with you, help you, and strengthen you, we want you to know there's hope. We want you to know there's a future for your family. And that's why we're doing this series. I'm excited for the next four weeks because this series is hopefully gonna be one of the most helpful, meaningful message series that we'll do all year this year because our church is made up of so many family units and it's important for us as a church to build a church that has strong families in it. And as we're going to hear from Jesus in just a moment, it's so interesting because he talks about how to build a solid house. Now, Jesus, in this parable that he talks about the wise and foolish builders, is really talking about building a solid house of faith. He's talking about your faith relationship with with Jesus Christ and with his teachings, and he's really saying, here's how you build a solid foundation for a relationship with me, with faith, and, and a way to really create a solid life ahead of you, and then eventually, eternal life. And he's going to teach us today that it's really all a beautiful gift of his grace, a gift from him, a gift from our God. Because it all starts really with God saying, I'm gonna speak to them. I'm gonna tell them what's on my heart, what's on my mind for them. And you think about that, that God could easily have turned his back on us and said, we're done, I'm not talking to you people anymore, and he does not do that. In his mercy, in his forgiveness, he instead turns toward us and speaks to us 
And today's message is really about what are, what are we going to do with God's gracious message that, that he gives to us. And Jesus' contention, as he winds down, remember, this is the Sermon on the Mount. He's been, he's been teaching a lot, this crowd, and especially his, his core relationships with the disciples. Here's how to live in my kingdom. Here are the things that God wants for you and the things God expects of you. And he ends with this parable of the wise and foolish builders. Now, what I'm here to tell you is, what Jesus says about building a foundation for a strong faith life is also the foundation for a strong home life. And that if you listen to this, as you build a strong faith life, you will accordingly build a strong home life. That's why these verses are so important. Let's, let's dive in. Therefore, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. This is the wise builder. So what happens? Nothing. The rain fell, the wind blew, Jesus says, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But there was also a foolish builder involved in this scenario. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. You see, what Jesus is telling us is we can build on, on a rock or we can build on sand, but the results of where we build are going to be totally different. And we have to understand something important as we dive into this. You see, the Bible teaches us that all of us by nature are sinful. When we're born into this world, we are by nature sinners. We don't come into this world as good people attached firmly to God with a close relationship with him because of all that Adam and Eve did in, in wrecking our world from the Garden of Eden. We're now born already infected with sin, distanced from God. And so our tendency, because of our sinfulness, our innate sinfulness, is going to be not toward the rock. Our tendency, because sin is nothing more than selfishness at its root, is to selfishly build on the sand because it, it seems in our own mind that it's easier to build there faster to build there, more convenient to build there. And so we're going to find ourselves drawn to the sand. And you'll understand that better in a moment when I explain what it is to be drawn to the sand. And this is where, as I said before, we have to realize what an amazing blessing it is that God chose, seeing this whole scenario, to say, I'm going to speak to them. I think I can get through to them, even in their sinful state, through my powerful word. Let's talk a little bit about the things that cause us to build a house of cards, that cause us, as Jesus would say, to build a house on sand. 
If we're innately sinful, that means there are going to be sinful things that emerge from us, that erupt from us, that are, that are going to put our families and our households in huge danger. They're going to put them on the edge so that just a slight gust will, will blow them over. And, and, and so I, I sat back and I thought to myself, what have I most encountered over 30 plus years of, of being a pastor and talking to people individually and in coaching them? What, 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 would I, what, what would I call the top five things that, that you would do if you wanted to build a house of cards in your own home? And then I asked myself a second question, maybe much more importantly. Jeff, what have you done in your home that have caused the pendulum to swing to the other way and not have a, a strong and firm foundation, but to, to at times cause your home to look like a house of cards? What are the things that, that you've done, the sins you've committed, the, the errors and the mistakes and Here's the list that I put together. So number five, this is, in my mind, the fifth most, most common, the fifth most important one is be angry all the time, especially when you don't know how to handle it or how to resolve it. You can write down anger in the blank. This is very common, that there's almost constant level of frustration in the home. And, and you can just sense it. Someone, someone in that household seems to be always just a quarter inch from flying off the handle. And they don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to handle it without screaming and yelling. Their strategy is to punch a hole in the wall or the door or to kick something. The dog has bruises because there's constantly anger in the household. And so many of us in our homes, whether it's our relationship with our spouse or our children, we don't know how to get here. And where here is, is to repentance and forgiveness, confession. How many of you make it a regular practice when you have had conflict in the house to come back together, to circle back intentionally Talk with the person that you just had conflict with, your spouse, your child, and say, let's sit down and talk. I'm sorry for some of the things I just did, some of the things I just said. I apologize. I sinned against you. Man, that sounds like such spiritual language, doesn't it? But use it. I wronged you. Please forgive me. I'm going to try really hard not to do that again. How many of us make a regular, you don't have to raise your hand, how many of us make a regular practice, a habit, that when we have conflict in our home, we, get, we circle back and get to that moment of apology? And how many of us in our home get to this? This is one step further than the apology. To use the language of forgiveness that Jesus uses with us from the cross. I forgive you. Let's move forward together because I love you so much. We're not going to let your sin or my sin get in the way. We're together. And we're going to move forward together. I forgive you. 
If you're not getting to those moments of confession and forgiveness in your home, I beg you to start to create those moments because the anger is going to build into a cesspool and one day it's going to kill your relationships. Let's move on. Number two, apathy. A lot of times, and this is driven by anger, but it can be driven by other things too. Stop being interested in your spouse's world. Now, these sound like recommendations. They're recommendations if you want to build a house of cards. Stop being interested in your spouse's world. Do you know that apathy is more poisonous than hatred? Treat your spouse's world or your children's world as if you have nothing to do with it. You're not interested in it. You would rather bite your toes off then go to that craft store or whatever. And wives, make sure your husbands know that now that football season is around, you don't plan on sitting on the couch anywhere near them watching football with them. And go create your own little world. I'm just using a few examples. It's so easy for us in our mind to make excuses for, I I ain't doing that with him. I ain't doing that with her. Go to a bead store, are you kidding me? I wouldn't be caught dead in a bead store or an art shop or whatever it is, guys. So you create your own little world. You spend a lot of time in your man cave. Love that big screen TV in the garage. Got my tools, got my TV. Got my little fridge. You don't even have to go into the kitchen. It's awesome. You get it. Third one, and this goes along with that, what I just said, avoidance. You create your man cave or you create your lady cave and you avoid each other. And if you do come together, by all means, you can still avoid each other. Just kind of silently eat dinner together. Make sure you don't pray before the meal because that means you're going to kind of talking together. Still, you can be together, even go out to dinner together, but mentally and in your heart, avoid each other. Don't, don't, please don't have a conversation. Don't talk about how things went at work for her today or at home or any of that. And, and, and gals, for sure don't ask him what's going on at his job. And just avoid each other. And if you're angry, here's the big one. The big thing to avoid are the issues. Because you know how it is. As soon as you raise issues and disagreements and things that you're trying to solve, what's going to happen? Let's talk about the budget, honey. What's going to happen? An argument. And what do you love never to happen? An argument. So what are you going to do? (laughs) No, we ain't bringing those issues up. I ain't talking about the budget with her. Or the children. Or anything else like that. So we avoid issues. We bury them. We ain't got anything wrong in our family. Hmm. Sorry if I'm sounding a little sarcastic. Remember what I said though. How many of these have I done? Five. I've done them all. That's why I can talk about them this way. Number two, dishonesty. 
lie and misrepresent the truth. Don't be transparent. Don't, guys, feelings, you know how we feel about talking about our feelings. Make sure you don't talk about your feelings, guys. And, and ladies, now that you see him not talking about your feelings, make sure you bury your feelings too. You see how it goes? We, we start to lie, we start to, we, we start to tell people this, but it's not really this, it's that. And, and we build a facade from the people that we're closest to. We hide little corners of our life away. We watch our porn and then we delete the record of what we just saw. We stay at the bar and then we say we had a business meeting. You see, as a 12-year-old, if I'd have had a little bit more wisdom about what was going on in my house, had I known some of these things, I would have known that my parents were building a house of cards because every day after work, my dad didn't come home till nine or 10 and it wasn't because he was working on cash registers. It was because after work, he went out to the bar. And between the drinking and the womanizing, he was slowly eroding the foundation of his marriage. And he did his best to hide it all from my mom. Dishonesty. And finally, the biggest one, and I'm gonna say this before I dive into this one. You may be surprised to see this one as number one, but I'm telling you in my experience and in my own heart, this is by far the most damaging to your household, to your home. This is by far the key strategy to building a house of cards. And most of us don't even think about it because we're so concerned about the things of this world. But understand this, this number one is more important than all the other four put together. More powerful in building a house of cards than all the other four put together. And it's this, it's idolatry. It's when we, as a spouse, or as a family, find ourselves putting everything that we can ahead of God. When, when we don't have time for worship on Sunday, when we don't have time for a growth group, when we don't have time to attend a parenting seminar, because we're too busy working extra hours, when we're too busy on our weekend hobbies, and people can, can think about it and they, and they go, well, I gotta have some downtime or I, I'm just telling you. God wants your heart first and foremost. And the way God connects with you is through worship, through Bible study, and, and he offers his ear to you through prayer. Are you using that opportunity or are you divert, do you have a, a thousand diversions? You know how it is when you have an assignment? You know how this is, don't you? You have a, an important assignment to do. Do you ever struggle with this like I do? Of here's this big rock that you, you know you have to attend to and you find your brain wandering to every other little thing. I'll come back to the rock and you run out. I'm just five minutes, got to get a glass of water and an hour later you're back. If it's easy to do that with just the 
mundane, everyday duties of our lives, the important things, how much more easy is it to get distracted from our God? And that's why idolatry is so huge. And, and by the way, do you know that you can even make an idol out of your spouse? You can spend so much time thinking about how do I prove my love to my spouse that you forget about receiving the love of your Savior Jesus. And and then you put your spouse or your children in God's place and you make them the idol. So idolatry is the other way to build a house of cards. Those five, anger, apathy, avoidance, dishonesty, and apathy. And this, Jesus knew this when he's talking. Remember, Sermon on the Mount, he's been preaching, right? And he knows that all these things are damaging to our homes, but they're also damaging to us personally. And so he addresses the disciples and the crowds around him. He says, Here's how to avoid all this and build a solid foundation, not a house of cards. Here's how to, how to build on rock, not on sand. Let's go back up to the top. And I wanna, I wanna do something a little unusual here. I wanna begin at the end of Matthew 7. Do you see what happens after Jesus is done teaching? This is critical to notice. When Jesus had finished saying these things, I'm on the last two verses, 28 and 29, The crowds were, do you see that word there, that verb? What is it? Say it out loud with me. They were amazed at Jesus' uh, Jesus' teaching. And why were they amazed? Because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. So can I ask you a question? Do you come to worship on Sunday prepared to be amazed? Not at me, not at my preaching, not at Pastor Dan's preaching, but at the words of Jesus? Do you come here with your hearts thinking, once again, I know I'm going to walk out of church amazed because Jesus is going to be teaching me today. And Jesus has the authority to teach me the things I most need to know. Jesus is the Son sent from the Father, our Creator. Jesus is the Son sent from the Father to redeem us from our sins and restore us to a changed life, a new life. Jesus is the one who sends the Holy Spirit together with the Father to transform our hearts and minds. He has the authority to change everything. If you're home right now, you feel like it's dissolving right underneath you. Jesus has the authority to change that. And I want, I want that to bring you hope. And if you're feeling today that your, your household right now, it's on this end of the pendulum and things are good and strong, keep on walking with Jesus because he's the one that's going to keep it strong and maintain its strength. It's Jesus and his words that have authority that every time we hear them, they ought to be amazing to us. The author of the book to to the Hebrews says, says this, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. 
It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. I just went through back surgery. I can tell you, the surgeon used a very sharp scalpel. And Jesus, as a surgeon, uses a very sharp scalpel. And it's called the Word of God. It's called the Bible. And the author of the book to Hebrews says, this Word of God is so powerful that it can divide soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and judge the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Do you know why that's so important and so powerful? That the Word of God can do that for you? It's because all of us are afflicted with what I like to call blind spots. You know what a blind spot is in a car, and if you're not aware of your blind spots, what's going to happen? A crash is what's going to happen. Many of us are not aware that we have blind spots in our marriages, in our parenting. There are things that we assume about ourselves that are not true. There are things that we don't recognize or realize about our attitudes, our beliefs, our words, our actions that are damaging our homes and creating a house of cards. We have blind spots. And that's why the word of God is so important. Because the word of God is like that, I love the new technology that is, you can back up with a, with a picture of where you're backing up to. It shows you things that formerly without that technology in the car you couldn't see before. God's word does that. And if both people in a marriage, if all the people in a family, including children, are, if, if the word of God permeates their hearts and minds, we can help each other to see each other's blind spots and we can do it in a very helpful, productive way. Can I challenge you today? Here's the lunch conversation that I'm gonna ask you to have with each other if you're, if you're brave enough. On the way home from church, at lunch, this afternoon sometime, I want you to look at the person who knows you best, spouse, maybe include your children in this and say, what are my blind spots? What am I not seeing about myself that's damaging our family, our home? What, what am I not getting that, that's hurting and building a house of cards right here. If you have the courage and the strength, I encourage you to ask each other that question today. It's so important, and the Word of God helps with that because it's a sharp scalpel. Look, look at what it says. Your spouse might not be willing to tell you your blind spots, but God knows them, because verse 13 says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So here's our, first, uh, our next point. Plans for a strong foundation are laid. This is like the blueprint. The blueprint is made when we are amazed at the power of Jesus' teaching. You see, we have a couple of pillars here at Crosswalk. God's word alone, Jesus alone, and one of them is faith alone. If we don't come to this book amazed, if there's no faith, 
We're not going to get from it what God wants us to have from it. But the beauty of the Word of God is the Holy Spirit himself is in this book and he has the power to create faith in your heart. So the more you read this, whether you have faith or not, if you're in here right now and you've, you don't believe in Jesus, first of all, I love that. I'm glad you're here. But understand, if you want to explore faith in Jesus, it's here. This is God speaking to you. And if you are already a believer, maybe even a strong believer, a long-time believer, this is where you get fed in the Word of God. Be amazed at Jesus' teaching. Now let's go back to the top. Therefore, everyone, Matthew 7, top of the page, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a, a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. You see, this wise builder was all about listening to the word of God. That comes with a certain humility. And for many of us, one of our blind spots is we think we already know. So when we come to church, even if we're a long-term Christian, we might say something like, ah, I've heard that parable before. I've heard, I've heard Jeff preach on that. I heard Dan preach on that. He was better. <laughs> right? And we, we come and we don't our mind is a thousand different places because we don't come with a humility of spirit that says, I'm here today and I'm curious what Jesus has to say to me. See what it says in Ecclesiastes 5? Watch your steps. He, he says it this way, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. You know, if I were to ask you today, what's the best thing about this message? What did you really appreciate? And your answer is, Pastor Jeff, I appreciated that you gave me for the first time this week a chance to get a good nap in. I'm going to say to you, guard your steps. Not that I'm an amazing preacher. I can put people to sleep with the best of them. But... A lot of it has to do what's with what's in your heart when you come into this room. What's in your heart when you walk into a growth group? What's in your heart when you go to a 101 or a 201 or a 301 class? You see, what's in our hearts as we come in is gonna make a huge difference. That's why it says that in the book of Ecclesiastes. And then there's another point to this. There has to be a humility around what we think we already know about God. The thing is, most of us relate to God by nature from the law because the law is written on your heart. You intuit, go back to the first page, you intuitively get anger, apathy, avoidance, dishonesty, even if you're doing those things. You get it because God's law, the commandments are written on your heart. That's going to do some damage right there. What most of us don't know or understand is that the greater damage is done when we forget about the gospel. Not the law. 
But the gospel of God's grace, when we forget about Jesus' love for us, and and do you know what happens when you forget about, I'm forgiven? I'm released from all my past, my sins, my baggage. Jesus at the cross cut that free. I'm released from all the shameful things that I've done. I no longer have to face even death with fear. I don't have to face life with fear because Jesus is my rock and my redeemer. You see, if you don't have that beautiful gospel of God's grace in your heart, you go through life and you don't even realize it. This is a potential blind spot. Your shame and your guilt, your anger and your frustration, all the things of the past that are really gone because of Jesus and his cross, you keep carrying them along into this relationship and it damages the relationship. I struggle with it sometimes. Still, 40 years later, thinking back on, wow, my dad loved alcohol more than he loved me, apparently. My my dad, who I thought was going to be with me for the rest of my life, the divorce wasn't even final, and he moved to California. You don't think I had some anger about that? I had some huge anger about that. You don't think I had some guilt? You know how a child thinks when parents get divorced? Something I did. I I did something wrong. I thought that. And I I carried that with me for a long time. Do Do you see how Jesus' cross and Jesus' forgiveness cuts all that flack loose and lets you to go forward with freedom? That's why you gotta hear the gospel even more than the law. And that's why Paul says to the Corinthians, talk about a dysfunctional family. He says to the Corinthians, you may not get this, but this is important. Understand the benefits of the cross. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. So we begin to build a strong foundation. We listen to the Bible, especially the gospel, And believe God is speaking to us there. But that is only the beginning of the foundation. If you're building a foundation in real life, what had you better show up with? Your tools. Bring all those power tools, bring all those hand tools to the job site and be prepared to use them. Now let's look at the foolish builder. Let's go back to the front. Notice verse 26, there's a big but. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. It was a house of cards. Now, builders, Beezer's building right over here, I can tell you all builders do many things the same. But there are usually some critical differences between builders as well. And between this wise and foolish builder, there was only one. And, and some people might say, oh, only one, that's, that's not that big of a deal, right? And Jesus says it makes all the difference. 
because these are the workers who showed up to the job site with no tools and unprepared to put them to work that day. Jesus said, you want to be a foolish builder? Listen to my word just like the wise builder does. Both of them come to church, the wise builder and the foolish. Both of them are in a growth group. Both of them have been through the entire class system, 101 through 501. But the foolish builder doesn't show up with his tools. He has no plan to put those words into practice. Can I challenge you? Have you fallen into the trap of thinking listening is enough? If I, if I come to church and I listen to the message, then I'm all good. It doesn't matter what I do come noon on Sunday or if Pastor Jeff's preaching 1230. Only in here, because I'm listening. I'm listening. It's not enough, Jesus says. If we want to finish the foundation, it's a cycle. It's a cycle that matures and grows your faith. It's listening to God's word. That's vital. That's critical. Crack your Bibles open, read them and listen to them, believing that they are powerful words from God. And now take them home as tools, put them to practice in your house, and you'll build a strong foundation, an unshakable foundation for your house. Jesus' brother James says this, who would know Jesus better than his brother? Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Really, we could put it this way. He forgets who he is. He loses his identity because he's only listening to the word of God and not, not putting it into practice. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom for your marriage, your parenting, your home, it gives you freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And I'm gonna say it again. More important than doing the law is doing the gospel. Yes, yes, please live according to the commandments. But far, exponentially more important, live according to the cross. Live according to God's grace. Live free from your sins, truly free, as James says, the perfect law that gives freedom from your sins, freedom from your guilt. Remind yourself that you have a God. He's not just dangling a sword over you every day going, if you don't do this, I'm coming after you. And you're living in fear of God constantly. Now, I'm not saying fear of God's a bad thing, but don't dwell there. Dwell in God's love. Dwell in God's grace. Live as if you are truly a dearly loved child of God bought with the blood of Christ. And that's who you are. Live as if the baggage has been cut free and you're determined not to pick it back up and knot it back again. Live free in the love of a God whose love for you is faithful. 
Look at what Paul says in Romans. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Think about your family. You want to have hope? You, you feel like it's a house of cards right now? Or you feel like it's strong and you want to have hope that it'll stay strong? It's Jesus. When we take Jesus' words and we're shocked and surprised in a very pleasant way with how much he loves us, and we move forward in that, we will live a new life. Our families will live a new life. They can raise up just like we can raise up. Write this down. We complete a strong foundation when we take God's word and put it into practice in our lives. Law, yes, but more importantly, gospel. And here's, here's the final point. Paul, again, writing to that very shaky House of Cards congregation, the Corinthians, says, it's all about getting to Jesus because he's the real foundation. It's all about this faith relationship, this vertical relationship. Get the order right. When this is strong with God through Jesus Christ, this is gonna be strong here. So if this is not strong, if this is a house of cards, here's where you look first. How's my relationship with God? And am I feeding it? Look, look at what Paul says. You guys are having arguments, conflict, division in your family. Here's the foundation, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. God's grace in Jesus Christ is our one true foundation. So let me close with this very practical thing. Reach inside your program. See this? What we've talked about entirely today is the foundation of a strong family is to be connected to God through Jesus Christ by being in the Bible, listening to it and putting it into practice. And can I tell you, I feel like this is a huge strength of Crosswalk Church. We're a learning machine at this church. I want to I point out to you that our children's ministry is doing some great things this fall and on into the spring. We're offering parenting seminars two weeks from now on a Saturday. Check it out in your program. For those of you who want to get better at your parenting, we're offering a parenting seminar. Pastor Dan, raise your hand, Pastor Dan. There he is back there. Right now, he's in the midst of getting ready to launch growth groups for the fall, 12, 13 weeks of opportunities to meet in homes and just kill it with studying God's word and learning and getting a great relationship with Jesus. Today, we started 101 class, over 20 people. I'm gonna say it again. Crosswalk Church is a learning machine. Get on our website, talk to Pastor Dan. He's the learning machine meister. Go to hashtag church. By all means, go to hashtag church and find where you can listen to God's word here at our church and develop a faith in Jesus that is strong, solid, and firm so that you put it into practice in your life and in your home. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much that you sent your son Jesus for us. We need your grace. It's true, we are sinful and 
And if we were to keep going down a sinner's selfish path, Lord, we know where that leads. It leads not only to self-destruction here, but eternal destruction in heaven. Lord, I, I pray that that does not happen. I pray that our homes are not houses of cards. I ask you to help us during this series to, to, to bring everyone who's here today back to hear more and build strong families. We're a church of families. And we need your Spirit's help to firm up the foundation and build homes that are not houses of cards. Lord, thank you for Jesus and forgiveness and grace and mercy. Now give us the peace of knowing that you have freed us from our sins. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now, some closing thoughts from Pastor Jeff. So, you see, if you build a house of cards, hopefully I'm not going to cause a squeal doesn't take more than a nudge and down it all comes and the irony of it is this when we feel like our home is a house of cards we begin to focus maybe even over focus on the loved ones around us and today's message is this if you want to have a strong foundation do what's counterintuitive and instead of focusing here Focus here. And make sure your relationship with Jesus is strong and firm because that's what he wants to have with you, a grace-filled, loving, forgiving relationship. And he will help you with this. Let me send you out with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen.